Skate Creative Podcast. My name is John Curtis. I'm a musician and skateboarder. This week's guest is Matt Pritchard. Matt is a vegan chef, Ironman, marathon athlete and entrepreneur. Matt started skateboarding in Cardiff with his friends and later turned pro for Panic Skateboards and also riding for Death Skateboards. Along with Lee Dayton, Mike Pancholock and Dan Joyce, he starred in the hit TV show Dirty Sanchez. After having found success being on shows like Balls of Steel and Dirty Sanchez, Matt found himself at a crossroads in his life and decided to leave some of the wilder aspects of his life behind after discovering marathon running and participating in Ironman competitions. His decision to go vegan in 2015 led him to starting his own YouTube channel, which ultimately took him to having his own vegan cooking show for BBC Wales. I caught up with Pritch to talk about his recent voyage, rowing across the Atlantic, making his cooking show, starting skateboarding in Cardiff, his thoughts on veganism, and what it feels like to be only one of four humans in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. To find out more about Matt and all his projects and programmes, follow the links in this podcast description. I do hope you enjoy this episode. Loads. Of, I'm, I'm not. I was trying to think when the last time I saw you was. It's been fucking, mate, while, isn't it? fucking years ago. Absolute years ago. Most probably back in the day when we used to skate and stuff. Yeah, yeah most probably was on like a tour or something like that. But good shit, man. We haven't really changed, did we? We both look the fucking same. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I look fucking knackered today, <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, you know, usually. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, well, it's weird. I, yeah, I've been up the mountain, so I just come down. So, yeah, yeah. I saw you were out this morning. You, we, what were you just just went for a hike? Or? Yeah, no. Some company sent me some um, some new um, garments and stuff, some adventure stuff like a jacket and trousers, so like to use for the winter going up mountains and stuff. So, I just had to do a bit of content for them. So, yeah, it was all good. The weather was nice, bit cold, bit misty at the top, but yeah, it was all good. Yeah. Do you, do, you, is that, do you have like a regular hike you do or is it just like a bunch uh, of things? I mean, if Penavan is in, in the Bracken Beacons, it's about 45 minutes uh, from my house. And uh, just some, some mornings, I just like, I, I mean, just go up, get get up ready for sunrise and just get to the top and come back with the dog. It's just, just I mean, it's, it's about a three hour round trip. Good way to start the morning, but obviously it was a bit later today because I couldn't really fucking film in the dark being up there. But uh, yeah, right. So you're usually up there in the dark. I've seen some of your stuff on Instagram. It's like you've been up there and it's been fucking misty and all kinds of shit. I mean, I went I went running up there last last Saturday night. Just off because I got I got a half half marathon coming up a trail half marathon. I've never done a trail half marathon before, so uh, I was training for that. So I just went running up the mountain and. Oh man, I had bought a new torch and it was so misty. The torch is quite powerful. So it just wiped out the mist. So it just, I mean, even with your torch on or off, nothing really made it. No difference, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh man. And there's any, and I got, and I know what, because I've been up the mountain just so many times over the years. So I knew exactly where I was going and I just follow the path and I followed the, the, the side of the path so I wouldn't get lost. And just as you get up to the summit, that pass sort of opens like that. And then I knew the summit was a few feet in front of me, but the wind was like 50, 50 to 60 mile an hour gusts. And I was just oh, like, ah, I'm not going to risk it. So I just fucking, and that's the 72nd time I turned back up the mountain. But, uh, yeah, gnarly. Yeah, sensibly, you're old easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it sometimes happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the, the the basis of this podcast is like the the links between like skateboarding and skateboarders and creativity, I suppose. So, 
a lot of people I've had on have either been like artists and stuff like that and like filmers and all people, you know, like in uh, sometimes in the skate industry, sometimes loosely around it. But I suppose the creative side of your kind of work is your cooking and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I kind of thinking, well, where did that start? Because did you do cooking? Like, did you do, you went to catering school and stuff like that a, a long time ago? Is yeah, I left, um, I left school. And obviously my first choice, my first career choice was to be a stuntman. But, uh, you know, back then the career teacher just looks at you daft and says, that's just not, not an option. But um, so, it, I mean, I, I enjoy cooking. I cook for my, like most people, cook with their mother back in the day. And your mother sort of taught you the basics. And uh, I thought, yeah, cook. I just wanted to be a chef. I enjoyed food. I enjoyed cooking it. So I, I went to, I signed up and I got a space in college in Colchester Avenue. It's not there anymore. Uh, somewhere else, there's like a housing estate now. But um, signed up and I went there. Did, I did two years of study in the, um, the hospitality industry, basically, and just, um, Cooking, self service waitering, bar work, but it was mainly mainly cooking, mainly chefing, and um, just learning that trade. I really really enjoyed it. It's good fun, good times. I mean, I was just twenty four hours skateboarding back then, and you know, <laughs> when you when everyone goes to college, like lunchtime, they're all going for pints and stuff, and I was obviously the odd one out. I didn't want to go for pints. I went for a skate in the in the yard or whatever and stuff. And they all just thought it was a bit bring bringing a skateboard to college, going for a skate, but they're all coming back stinking of booze. But um, you know, that's that's just the way it was. That's the way it was in school, it was the way it was in college. And then I left, I left college um and I got a job. It was just left. It was in the big, big bad world. Then I went to go try and look for a job. So I got a job in a Persian restaurant in um, City Road in Cardiff. Had the most terrible experience you could ever imagine in your whole life. <laughs> the, the manager and the boss was just—they were just awful. Uh, I'm not going to get into it too much because it was just really proper. Was shit and um, proper Gordon Ramsay style. No, 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 no. Because I had that in the in the college. Oh right, you know, okay. Yeah. You talk by army chefs. And, right, okay. You know, I, I and that was that's just almost that's just how it goes in in the kitchen. You mess up, you you get told, and I guess I can handle that. This was flat out bullying. And yeah, and you take you take me in his. Yeah, anyway, I, I don't. I guess I said I don't want to really go into it, but anyway, put it this way: my dad wanted to go around the room. Fellas, kick his ass in. But anyway, if we and if we could cut off to a bit of a bad start, let's 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 just say that. And uh, then I just end up cleaning windows and just sort of put that put that cooking thing behind me. And and with cleaning windows, is the bad thing about working in the restaurant industry is and and enjoying skateboarding is you haven't got time to skate. So you, by the time you get home, it's one o'clock in the morning after cleaning up and stuff. And if the manager wants you to stay up later, look after his bloody mates, then you just even later again. And you wake up, you're ready to you're there for lunch. I was running a takeaway at the same time as well. So he's cooking in the kitchen, running a takeaway. So you've got piss heads for me. I want to bring this. And then whilst I'm trying to serve customers. So you, and you just constantly knackered. And then I used to remember every Sunday, I do the lunch service and I take my board to work, leave lunch and go meet up with the boys in town and go skateboarding for, for the rest of the, the day then. But um, yeah, just started cleaning windows and I had a lot more time to myself and I quite, and I quite enjoyed it. 
but it wasn't until and I, I always cooked I really it was my favourite TV shows and all of cooking shows and it was when I turned vegan in 2015 that's when I really started to get back into cooking again and I had a lot more time on my hands because pretty much work had sort of chilled out a little bit and and I was just enjoying being back in the kitchen and trying to find, uh, because I was new to veganism, I was looking at inspiration online and on YouTube and stuff and looking for different recipes and being on YouTube and seeing all these channels. I just thought, man, these they're quite, they're quite boring. <laughs> yeah. They need, a, they need a, bit, a bit more fun. So I thought, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. So I did. And just obviously having a laugh and trying to make a bit more fun in the kitchen. And that's, that's what, and then I started getting back in the kit, into cooking then. And that was, that was it. Yeah. So uh, what, what, what started the, the, the vegan, the vegan kick for you? Cause was it a, just a purely health thing or was it, cause I know you'd be, you were training a lot, you were doing a lot of um, fitness stuff. Was that just part of that? Or was it obviously with the vegan thing, there's a multitude of, uh, issues it kind of addresses like animal welfare and all those things and health and all those things. But what, what was the spark for you with that? I mean, I, I was just quite interested in it cause I was, obviously I was doing the, um, the ultra endurance events and like IMN and multiple IMNs and, and all that kind of malarkey. And I, I was quite heavily into that world and I knew a lot of them were, Vegans, plant-based. I mean, the difference between a vegan and a plant-based vegan is, you know, they won't wear leather shoes and stuff. Some and plant-based, they just use a plant-based diet and stuff. There's so many different things out there. But anyway, I just I I started looking into it, and you know, these guys, these they, you know, these these the vegan athletes were really excelling in the sport, and I was just so I started researching researching it and. And a lot of people say, oh, you need to watch Cowspiracy. And, you know, I love animals. And I watched Cowspiracy and I was like, whoa, man, holy shit. That really did. That really opened my mind. And I was like, I just thought it was veganism was just you didn't eat meat, didn't eat dairy. And that was it. I didn't realize that was there was that much into it. And I think it was a mixture of. That film opened in my mind, and I think with age become I sort of started with age, so I started waking up a little more. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. You sort of become a bit more <laughs> grown up, I suppose. I don't know. You sort of, you see more. You almost yeah, with age, you, your mind sort of opens up, and you see more shit. And, and I loved animals, and it just put it just put two and two together for me. Like I've got a dog. And I wouldn't eat, I wouldn't eat Lemmy. You know, it's, what's the difference between Lemmy? What's the difference between Lemmy and a chicken? And, a, and I just, and the next day after watching Ghost Spirits, I went, right, that's it. I'm going vegan. And I went vegan and I didn't turn back. Right. And, and uh, it's pretty much, and when I say I'm vegan, I, I, you know, I don't buy leather, I don't buy leather belts. I don't buy leather shoes. I mean, the, 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 barbers, the seats in my barbershop, I got rid of the leather and I turned it into fake leather. So, but I don't think it can possibly be 100% vegan, like a lot of people say, because there's, I mean, you know, are you 100% vegan if you make picture up in leather seats and you sat, sat on them? So to me, do as much as you can 
do your best. And uh, that's what, that's what veganism is to me. So, yeah, I think that's the thing is, uh, you know, cause I mean, I was thinking about this as well. It's like, you've obviously uh, got a big social media presence and all that kind of stuff. And do, do people give you shit for that at all? Being vegan or is that kind of, cause it's so, it's so much more mainstream. Like, like for instance, my mom has been vegan for 40 years now, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I was brought up vegetarian and things like that. And I, I, I don't really eat much meat. I, mean, I eat dairy and stuff like that. But um, I suppose I was just thinking like how much how much has come to the fore in a lot of society now. And I was just wondering, it, it, do you ever bump up against anti like like people giving you shit for that at all? Or is that when I first when I first went vegan, you the usual. You get your mates taking a piss. That's cool, man. That's just your mates taking a piss. Uh, but there's some people who are now, what the? F- I'm like, chill out, dude. <laughs> it's not your problem. I've just chosen not to eat animals and dairy. What's, what's you know, what's, what's, what's your beef? <laughs> Excuse the pun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a few people went in on me. And it was just like, oh man, it's just weird. And the, the meat eaters say the vegans were the push of their agenda. It's quite, uh, that's a debatable subject because um, from what I've noticed, it's the meat eaters that are the ones that just don't stop. And, but whatever. But I've been quite lucky. I mean, once Dirty Vegan came out on BBC, um, I got so much abuse off the Welsh farming community. It was just unreal. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. And then I've had some of the, I'm on Facebook, I've had, I mean, I've, I've screenshot all the, I've screenshot all the stuff just because I need them in the future. Uh, when the farmers was going proper called just finding stuff online of me, like doing Sanchez stuff, sending out to people, look at this sick bastard doing stuff. And I'm like, are you real? <laughs> it was only, there was only like a, a, a spot put a sponsored post up for my book and how it landed on his page or, or on his wall I don't know I didn't target meat eaters obviously I wouldn't do that but um, it just drove it just obviously he's a farmer and he just went in on me and uh, but they're the only ones that really got stick off really uh, I'm being quite lucky and recently the odd people somebody called me a C-U-N-T and in my uh private messages a faceless account but but i'm sure but is that just they're always faceless accounts exactly i'm sure that's part and parcel of just doing that for your job and like the amount the amount i imagine the amount of followers you have it's like there's going to be some knobheads or bots or whatever of course it is and i don't expect that you know i don't expect to not get shit that's that's just... It's just the funny the, the things the that people nature. pick, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. It's the nature of the beast. Uh, yeah, you yeah. you know, you decide to do something like that, you're going to get some shit. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I, if you want to eat meat, that's, that's, that's your thing. I don't agree with it because the animals, you know, they don't have a choice. They can't say, I don't want to get killed. But the first thing to do, I, yeah, cool. I'm not going to go in on you. But if I if I don't eat meat and I don't eat dairy, just go, don't go in on me either. So yeah, yeah, of course. It's the peace, man. Increase the peace. <laughs> yeah, so I spot. I, I, I just having a flick through your Instagram now. I was just thinking, and I just obviously it was a few months ago now. But the you you rode across the Atlantic with was it four of the guys? Three other guys. Three yeah. other guys. Yeah. Mm. I mean, uh, like I was just obviously I we. Uh, Everybody who's a fan of yours probably followed you a bit of the journey on that with your Instagram and all the rest of it. But just the logistics of doing something like that must have been fucking, I mean, pretty gnarly. 
I mean, just like, uh, and I just, I mean, because, you know, obviously a lot of people are way more into fitness these days and a lot more people, you know, I suppose, you know, if when we were younger, we were skating and stuff like that. No, yeah. one would, no one would stretch, no one would do any kind of, have any kind of inkling of doing anything to look after themselves at all. It was like, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, drinking bong hits before a comp bong run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so then to kind of, you know, be from the background that we're from, which is uh, the generation that we're from, I suppose, kind of not anti-athlete, but kind of, you know, just, it was, it was all about the lifestyle and, and obviously skating as well, but yeah. to then go to, to have a, like a massive achievement like that. I mean, that's, that's a pretty crazy journey. And how did that start really? Just for that one specific. I think it's thing. just, um, when I started getting into this, I think it was 2009. I started getting into my, my fitness journey after I just saw myself in a mess and I just decided to sort of, I mean, I, I, when I get into something, I'll get Rick, I always get, go in head first. I'm thinking, do now. You want to take it as far as possible. That's just, that's, you know, that's just me. And I got into running and then I, I was going to do an Ironman. The Ironman went to double Ironman, triple Ironman. Then it went to uh, the 30 half Ironman, 30 days, a few years, 2015 that was. And then the next one was the, the 10, the 10, 10 full Ironman in 10 days. But, you know, these, so it started off like with a half marathon and then slowly but surely over the years, you know, these challenges just got bigger and bigger and bigger, just trying to push myself as far as I could and to push my body physically and my mind as mentally as possible and see how far I could, how far I could go really. And, you know, that, that 10 IMN in 10 days was, oh man, that really rinsed me big time. And, um, then I suppose I was just looking for the next fix. Uh, and luckily in lockdown, I went for a bike ride on Cardiff. And one of my mates, um, John Haskell, he's a fireman. And in 2011, he rode the Atlantic uh, for the Talisker. It wasn't the Talisker whiskey, but the challenge, which starts December the 12th this year now. He did that in 2011. And I remember helping him raise money on the treadmills and stuff in Tesco's for him to do that for the fireman's charity. And I got asked, I don't know when it was, 2014, 2015, around that time, by somebody if I if I wanted to do the Atlantic. And I just, oh, nah. I, in my head, it was just death. The possibility of death was pretty strong. Didn't know much about it. And I just turned it down. And then, obviously, later on, after bumping, and then I bumped into John and locked down. And he was saying he was going to roll the Indian Ocean. I was like, wow, no way, man. And it just, then after a few days later, he phoned me up and he said, do you want to roll the Atlantic? And I was like, what? I didn't even think about it. I mean, with lockdown, like all of us went to shit. It was quite pretty shit time for all of us. And I couldn't think I couldn't think of anything better than just pissing off on a boat and going on a mission across the Atlantic. But I thought, like, I said yes, but I thought, you know, I've got to check on my fiancé and my business partner and, you know, my parents and stuff first, you know, not to be selfish. Because and and, I, and they were cool. They said, "Yeah, go for it." So I started training in October, two thousand and twenty. Um, met the skipper, and then these are the two lads, uh, Johnny and Martin. We're going to do it. Cut a long story short. We went to Lanzarote. We were going to go from Lanzarote to Antigua because of COVID, because of Brexit. There were so many problems. We couldn't take the boat on a uh, on a t- on a test run back home because of COVID 
uh, getting the boat over with papers and stuff because of Brexit was a nightmare and COVID to get us actually into Lanzarote at that time was just a nightmare because we had to go through so many loopholes to try and get us even to the start line. And then we, even when the boat turned up, got locked up in customs and they wouldn't let us have it. And it was just like, oh, my God, is this ever going to happen? But anyway, we got it on the water and we left Lanzarote. Uh, I can't remember. It was February, late February, early, no, March, early March. Uh, and off we went. And it was most probably the most emotional roller coasters and physically, mentally, emotionally, the biggest challenge I think I will ever, ever do. I mean, I'm trying to say face to my mother and my fiance before leaving. I was in bits, man, crying my eyes out. And I just, it was just, I can't really explain, man. I was just, it was just mental. And I was just, sat in the boat and we started rowing off and in my head I'm just rowing and going, Christ, I'm going to be on this. I'm going to be doing this for days, weeks, months. And it was just, the reality was just like, holy shit, man, this is going to be, this is a long time in a, such a, I mean, we lived in a four metre space. We ate, we shat, we pissed, we slept. We, we did everything in this four metre space for 52 days it took us. And, I, I I absolutely loved it. It was it was really really tough, and it got really tough towards the end. I got really pissed off because I managed I did something to my lateral muscle four days from the finish, and that really pissed me off. It was an agony. And you know the other boys were absolutely amazing. My skip the skipper I was doubled up with the skipper because we did two hours on. So you do two hours rowing. You get off, swap up with the other two, and then you look after your sores, look after your body and stuff, make your food, eat your food. You get about an hour's sleep, back on it again, two hours, swap. So it was like that 24-7 for 52 days. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a proper hardcore, man. But at the same time, I, I, can't, I can't even begin to tell you some of the most amazing, mag- magical experiences I had out of sea. It was in the nighttime, there was no light. You, clear sky, you look up, proper see the Milky Way. You could, it was just like nature's cinema. And it was, unreal. And it was you had like wildlife, dolphins, all these fish, you know, the sun shining, the water was just, at one point we had a really something which is very rare. The water just went flat and calm and it was like glass and it was so quiet. There was a little bit of mist in the air. You couldn't hear anything. We turned everything off and there was no sound. You couldn't hear the water because the boat was still and we had to wake the two boys up just to see so they could come out and witness it. It's just like, we just sat there, four of us in peace, just looking at it, like in the middle of nowhere. And it was like, most probably not many people have been in this spot. And then we jumped halfway, halfway across the Atlantic. We jumped in the sea. And we just, like, 5,000 metres below us is the bottom of the sea. And it was just like, yeah, it was just, there was so many good, good things in that room. And if, and the good, another good thing about it was your phone wasn't going out every two minutes. There was no emails. There was no people phoning, no texts, no social media, no nothing, apart from the stuff we were sending on via the Wi-Fi for... Uh, the charities and uh, the guy looking after our socials back home. That's all we had to do. And that was, that for me was just bliss. 
So there was like no support boat, no nothing, just you guys. Uh, no, 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 nothing. If it went wrong, it went wrong, and you were, you were, fuck, you were stuck out at sea. And were there any like hairy points? Like, because I imagine, you know, I think there's a, it's an incredible thing, but like just, you know, like bad weather in that situation is just that must be fucking frightening, absolutely frightening. We, I wanted to have. That experience, I wanted to have bad weather because I wanted to have that, that experience of shitting myself in the middle of nowhere. But because we followed, well, actually, we'd never end up going from Lanzarote to Antigua because three days or two days in, the, my seat, my rollers, I think my rollers on bent, and we had to get set, we had to get rescued by the Spanish um, from Fort Ventura. They came over to rescue us. They crashed into our boat, bang, and their massive boat buckled in it. So we had to go there. They, they tugged us into Fort Ventura. And then five days later, after repairing everything, we managed to hit, hit the ocean again. So we, we were the first people to go from Fort Ventura, from Fort Ventura to Antigua. And I, I wanted to witness the, the roughness of the sea and, and Mother Nature giving us, giving us a right good kick up the arse. And when day it happened, and we got we had the weatherman back home and he would give us an update on the weather and remember Billy... Uh, the skipper saying, oh, I think we're in for a beauty voice. It's coming. I was like, oh, fuck. And I remember rowing. It was about four, three or four o'clock in the afternoon, and the swell just gathered. And I was like, what is this it, Billy? He's like, yeah, slowly but slowly coming. But then you'd surf. Like, when the wave, you get to the top of the wave, you force like out of the row, and then you surf the wave. And we And the, they just started getting bigger. Such a buzz. It was Brilliant, put it. But then the waves got so big, you go down, you bottom. When you hit the bottom, you could feel the pressure on your body bottoming out. And if you look up, it was just a wall of water, like two times the size of my house. I'm not joking. I was like, wow. I was like, shit. But they weren't they weren't waves that were going like that. They was just swell. So you you woman you're up there, woman you're down there, <laughs> and then it got dark. And then it was quite scary. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, yeah. You see where the waves were coming from, and it was dark. And if, when you go in that cabin and close it, because you had to close the door, uh, watertight, because if the boat flips over, it flips back up. It's because you're tied onto it as well. Uh, and when you're in that cabin, the echoing of that sea, bashing the thing, so you wake up, you oh, fuck, man, i got to go out in that. I... And you go, I remember a freak wave just went bang, took us from the side, looking off your seat. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it's scary, man. But what about it's scary, but a proper adrenaline dump, really good. And apart, apart from that, the rest of the trip, we, we had the worst rowing weather ever. And the worst rowing weather is just constant sunshine and hardly any wind. What right, you want just is it's the like wind you want, pushing yeah, you yeah, and yeah, then yeah. swell pushing you as well. So it was just flat. Sun was just, because we were like in this pretty much really hot weather, like scorching weather. Can't escape the sun. So you're constantly getting blasted by the sun. And when you go into the cabin, it's like an oven. So you're trying to swim in all your sweat or <laughs> salt water everywhere, sweat. Oh. But yeah, there was no comfort. <laughs> but uh, but is I've, I've, is it right that it's going to be a documentary about it as well? Is that coming up? Yeah, the, um, 
uh, the Jamie and John Fisher. John Fisher. Oh, yeah, he yeah, was, yeah, yeah. He was, he's the cameraman. So um, we, he did some stuff in the UK before we left, the reason for doing it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then they came out to Lanzarote, did some filming, and they managed to get out to Antigua as well, which was good. Uh, did some filming there, and we did some filming with them the other week, actually. So um, I don't know when it's coming out, but I got a film with... So I went film with Joycey in Fogston two weeks ago. I got a film with Dane, I got a film with Panch, and then, um, and then it's done then. It's ready to, uh, ready to rock, but it'll, I'm sure I'll, if anyone follows me on my socials, I'll just, I'll, as soon as I know, I'll update everyone. Yeah, cool. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's such a, such a massive thing, and that's, yeah, mental. So have you got stuff coming up like more more fitness stuff or have you got more any more dirty vegan coming up or uh as fitness stuff I got I haven't really I'm, like I said next year is this um I'm just gonna have a year off from the I think I still do all this stuff or keep fit and everything because I really enjoy it and it's that's what I enjoy doing but um I said next year I sort of take a back seat for a little bit because my missus is um because of COVID and everything. My missus I've been going up with my missus for eleven years and she lives in Dublin, I live here. So this next week this whole house is getting renovated. I'm moving out for two weeks, come back, and next year she comes over and she we're gonna so I'm so it's just gonna concentrate on our relationship, me my you know, my relationship with my missus. I'm getting used to living with one another and just doing that kind of stuff. And then let's look at doing something. I'll be 49 next year, but I'm looking at doing, doing something massive for my 50th. So yes, that's, that's, that's the plan really. As for dirty vegan stuff, um, we've got a meeting. It won't be dirty vegan. It'd be under some, another name, but um, we've got a meeting next week. Uh, so fingers crossed that comes off and hopefully next year we'll be back uh, filming again. Wicked. Amazing. So that was all for BBC Wales, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's quite a massive, massive platform to have something like that on. That's that's amazing. I mean, how, how was that as an experience? Was that like a reaching a different bunch of people in your audience and things like that? And what, who are you doing it for? And Yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, but obviously did the YouTube stuff and they seen that and that's where it all, it all happened. Well, a good friend of mine, Scott Carey, his uncle, was the commissioner of the BBC Wales. Uh, so we had meetings with him through um, a production company called One Tribe. And um, it's just, they, you know, they, they agreed to it, like the concept, and um, we started filming. So, but for me, that I hadn't been in front of a camera for years like that. So for me, it was quite daunting. It was quite nerve-wracking. Was the, it was the first time since Sanchez, really, probably, is it? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And it was... You know, that's, that was years ago. And to do something <laughs> completely different to what I used to do, it was the complete opposite. So, the, I mean, it was on primetime BBC uh, past seven in the evening. So there was no swearing. There was no, you know, you had to be as clean as a, <laughs> clean as bloody like, cucumber. Clean as a cucumber. <laughs> anyway, but uh, that works. It works. It was funny, man. I enjoyed filming it with the team. It was we had we had good laughs, and it was nice to learn a lot about veganism as well. I learned a lot of stuff about food and from other people that we met, and uh, and I really enjoyed 
doing the show. And um, when it came out, a lot of people really enjoyed it. So yeah, it was good. It was great, a great experience. Yeah, so I suppose that's like, you know, because uh, seeing something like that, I mean, the prep you have to do for things like that, I'm sure is massive. Like you've got to do the, get the recipes nailed down, the locations, all that kind of shit. So it's like a... a I mean, I was quite lucky because a lot of that stuff was done in the office by the team. All they had to do was just turn up and do the right. do the work. Yeah. Uh, but um, for me, it was, it was getting sent uh, a call sheet and a call sheet anyone in TV knows you get a call sheet for the start and this was the plan for the day and they were long days man like you know they hadn't filmed a food show before so they were learning I was learning so yeah we have 14 hour days sometimes 16 hour days and then sleep back again 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 and it was just and at the same time I was I was filming that uh, the documentary Wild Man to Wire Man with the oh, same. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, it's oh, amazing. Yeah, so I was trying to. I couldn't train for that because I was too busy filming this. I so it was just a mad time, and then the, the book was coming out, so they needed recipes. So it was a crazy, crazy busy time, but I'm not complaining. It was brilliant, but uh, for me, the call sheet, and then I had my words, so I had to try and remember. You know, I had lines. So I had to try and my lines. Oh, that was just to do my piece. They call it PTC to do my piece to camera. Some days I had I want too bad. Was some days I take like thirty takes to try and spit it out my memory. I was like, but the camera. Well, I was. It was good. We laughed about it. But um, yeah, it was fun. But that's totally crazy. Going from like something like Sanchez, which is totally was all, you know, I mean, obviously when it was on TV, it was a different thing, but it came out of videos that you and Dayton and the whole team, like that was all just, you know, your own content and your own, you did whatever you wanted and you you just filmed whatever. And it's like, yeah. Totally yeah, it was just, zone, it was just, that was just mayhem. It was yeah. just, every day was mayhem, literal mayhem. But it was that time of year, it was that time of life and it was, it was brilliant, man. You know, we were all young and it was absolute great laugh. But it's so good from going from this, absolute crazy mayhem of a TV show and then having quite a break away from TV and then coming on with a, uh, a cooking food show was just the complete opposite. You couldn't yeah. get more opposite to what I was, what I used to do. But uh, that's the beauty of beauty of life, I guess, isn't it? One yeah. minute you do one thing and the next minute you're doing another, but yeah. no complaints. Yeah. So with the Sanchez stuff, though, did you you did a tour? Was that recently? Was that last year? Or before, before COVID, wasn't it? Shit. Yeah, it was a while back now, is it? Or no, was it after? Or? 2019, I think, was the last one right. we did. And was that an anniversary of some kind, or was it? Yeah, it was just like um, a spoken word thing. So rather than going on stage and shoving drumsticks up your ass and smashing bottles on your head, uh, we we just go on stage, four of us. Matt Stocks was the host uh, of the podcast Life in the Stocks. And he would, he'd sort of, he was in charge of the show. He was like the referee and he'd answer his class questions and we'd sort of share our stories of Sanchez to the audience. And obviously everyone in the audience for people who've followed us for many years. And, um, the, the, you know, and then they get to ask us questions and we were answering them. So it was, yeah, it was good. It was good fun. It was good to see a lot of, the fans again and stuff and yeah it was it was and then covid kicked in it's just um 
life changed, didn't it? But oh, yeah. Yeah, it was good while it lasted. <laughs> and have you got any more plans to kind of do anything more with those guys, or is that kind of? Uh, no, I think I think we're just knocked on the edge now. Yeah. Unless yeah. somebody, I know, I know, Jackass comes out next year. Oh shit! It is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So unless um, somebody comes up and says, "Oh, we'd love to do a, like an older version of you guys getting what what you're doing now, or whatever," I don't know. But if somebody come up with that, then let's sit down and have a chat. But apart from that, I think it's pretty much um, pretty much done. I know there's another. There's a, a few more boys just like us. They've got a few things going with MTV because Joycey was the film and director for it, and it comes out. Yeah, it goes out on social media, on their social media channels. I can't remember the name of them, but um, yeah, they're sort of like the next generation, I guess. Yeah. And how do you feel like now at this point, like you're saying, you, when you get older, all that stuff, and it's like having that distance from all that stuff, and it's like, you know, what's what's your perspective and feeling on that now, really? Is that, is that kind of like you just see that that was then and it's, you know, because like you're talking about the documentary, the Wild Man to Iron Man thing. You go into it quite a lot, you know, and um, quite a lot about your mental health in that time and things like that. And, and those things, I felt, it, it came through the documentary that those things were quite affected by a lot of the aspects of being made quite famous quite quickly and things like that and your lifestyle you were having then. So, yeah. So how do you it, how do you feel about that now, looking back on it all? I suppose. I mean, it it is what it is. That's what that's what happened, and that's that's what happened, and that's what it is. Like, you know, that sort of you know, I've been through that, been there, done it, spoke about it, and um, I'm sort of just trying to focus on moving forward. Now, I mean, yeah, it was a it was a hard time, I guess. I'm not, and I, I can't speak for the rest of the boys. I'm guessing they were going through the same kind of stuff as well, personally. Um, you know, we all we all we all had our struggles, and it was a, and it was a big it was a big moment and a big change for all of us, I guess. But um, I'm just concentrating on moving forward now. I mean, I I, I know my I, I will always, I will always suffer with mental health. One minute I'm up, up there, the next minute I'm down there, but um. I know how to, I know how to fix that. Simple, but just to, just just going to the gym, exercising, and looking after myself. At the moment, I the moment I start plowing myself with nasties, then just, it only takes you one way, and we all know that. So um, it's just trying to look look after myself, trying to keep positive, and move forward, and just continue doing what I enjoy doing now, and that's just that's cooking, keeping me fit. I'm rolling my board every now and again, going up the mountains. I could spend a lot of time with my dog and uh, obviously my fiance's coming over so I'll be doing a lot of stuff with her and and just just enjoying life for what it is now I mean those what happened then is done uh, pretty much got that that's gone now so uh, yeah. go well, that way you're so busy with what you do. I mean, I was just looking through your stuff and it's like, you know, you've got your your company that you do. You have the, the barbers and tattoo shop, obviously all the fitness stuff, obviously all the TV stuff and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I I, I mean, I, I suppose where do you get the energy from? I suppose it's pretty much. I mean, uh, with, the, with the tattoo and barber shop, I'm really lucky. I got Adrian Rook. Uh, he's been a friend for over 30 years and he was, he was our tour manager after the Sanchez thing, though so, I mean, Dave were on the road and stuff. You know, he, he's been a, he was a massive part of it, and he he's the manager. He manages the the shop and Miles, Miles O'Keefe, the 
the barber, the head barber. Uh, those boys have just been so loyal to me and looking after business when I'm not around and I'm busy doing my other stuff. So I'm, you know, I'm not really stressed out with that. And that, that sort of looks after itself because, you know, eight and miles a day, they're looking after it. It's there in the background, which is cool. I can concentrate on my other stuff. And, you know, it's, it's thanks to them uh, and the team in the shop that, you know, that shop is doing well because, you know, those, you know, those, they go in day in, day out. They do their stuff really well. And, you know, they make that business what it is today. So, so big shout out to them. Uh, and, yeah, and allowing me to, Go gallivanting and doing what I need to do, really. So, yeah, it's pretty. Um, it's pretty good, and it's. I do find time. I am quite busy, but I've. I've uh, I, since I got back from that row, I've. It did a lot for me, discipline wise. Like now, I treat Monday. Sometimes I don't know if I haven't got anything on. Like now, I treat Monday to Fridays. Like I got. I got work to do. So I, if I am going to work, I look for work. So I just keep myself busy. And I try and get up. In the summer, I was getting up half 3, 4 a.m. I go down the sea. I go for swim the sea or, or whatever I do. And, I, and then I get ready then to work at 9 o'clock, 8 or 9 o'clock. And I finish at 5 or whatever. Like pretty much anyone. So you sort of got a routine. And I, I, I'm that kind of person who needs a routine or I just... My head goes everywhere. Uh, so, yeah, so I try to keep it like that. And ever since I got back from that boat, I've sort of been, my discipline has been, you know, I've done really well. Uh, I suppose that is a big thing for just having like, because I'm sure when you're on a boat like that, it's like, it's not like get up and go, oh, what am I going to do today? You know exactly what you're doing every hour of the day and what you should be doing, yeah. And there's, there's, there's no, there's no like, oh, I can't, yeah. I, I don't want to bother today. Yeah. Because when you're letting the team down, I mean, well, how are you going to let the team down on a little boat? They're going to hate you. So you, the, so that, that that discipline you get from doing such a thing was just can't explain it. I mean, I guess in this, you know, what all of us at some point might want to go. Oh man, I just fucking I want to go <laughs> or something. But it only lasts a few minutes. You get on with it. Get on the boat, and as soon as you, as soon as you row in, the endorphins kick in. You're in an happy place again. So you just, so you did just, you did you know the guys you went with at all when you started that, or was that just yeah, all all new? And I've heard some horror stories about people crossing, like friends, good friends crossing, get to the Antigua, they all go their separate ways, never speak again. That's that's, <laughs> ha- that's happened a lot of times, yeah, and you could imagine yeah. like yeah. proper fights and stuff on a boat and. <laughs> So I was like, fine, going on a boat with three people I don't know. I, I hung, I sort of met Billy, the skipper from Monkey Fist Adventures, a few times before the row. Uh, and I just, I knew I'd get on with him. I just like, I could just get, I had a good vibe of him. So, and I did get on with him, got on with him really well. I still speak to him today. I still speak to all of them today. But um, we were lucky. We, we, you know, we had a good team. We had the odd argument here and there. But it's, it's it's to be expected. You're all knackered. You're you know you you're cold or you're wet or you're hot or whatever it may be. It's just you just yeah the arguments. But then you kiss and make up and then get on with it. So we were lucky. Yeah, we had a, did half have a party when I got to Antigua. Oh, <laughs> I got off that boat, and look, the, the other bad thing about doing that row, I've 
really would have it would have been so different if my fiance and my parents and brothers and stuff could have been there at the end yeah right. and some yeah. friends because my friends they were all going to come out and you know and to see them after being out see like the it would it would have been so emotional as emotional as it was when I left but they weren't there so we got greeted by Alex who runs some bars and stuff out there and, and restaurants and he brought this huge big bottle of champagne and so we met by strangers really. But still, you know, it was just getting off that boat. And I forgot, didn't I, that if you see legs and they hadn't stood up for 52 days. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. On the thing, and my legs went and I almost went head first back into the boat. <laughs> Shit. Oh, I, I, I had to learn how to walk again. Wow. That's how bad my legs were. I had wow. four glasses of champagne on the head and then just partied all night. And I think um, got in at half ten in the morning half 10 the next morning I'm still there <laughs> Skip was like oh man I think you're the only ocean rower to ever row the Atlantic Ocean and party for 24 hours straight well I was celebrating man just being on a boat for 52 days I want to enjoy myself uh, right. so yeah it's fun man Holy. I have one more thing I've got a motorbike down here how's that going have you, have you been riding your bike much at all Bike, yeah. Much want to sort me out with the bike. Though we sort of just deal. They're gonna, they give me a one two five. I got to learn my proper motors, motorcycle test, and then they're gonna give me. They're gonna make a custom SWID bike. Oh, that's uh, it. Like a, an adventure one, just for me, so I can just put like the panniers in the back, so I can go up, drive to places, camp out, go and do whatever I need to do, and of course, I. And then I'm like, well, I can't go without Lemmy. So I'm thinking about having a sidecar. <laughs> I'm putting Lemmy in the sidecar so me and him go on adventures. Nice. And I've got a seat in the back for the missus as well if she wants to come. But um, yeah. that's that's the plan. And they've, I've, I've ridden it twice this year. I've been so busy doing other stuff. I haven't even had a chance to go on my bike. But, yeah, it's fun, man. It's But when I told my missus and my, my missus and my parents, oh, God, what are you doing? <laughs> You on a bike? No, no, no. But I just I enjoy it. It's great. I've just got to apply for my um the test of the theory. Yeah, yeah. But everything's just like months away because of COVID. So everything's been put back, and it's just like yeah. I just want to, but I want to get up and running before next summer so I can go out and enjoy a, a proper bike. Yeah, I really want to do it as well at some point. It's just it's just been I uh. I've no, I, I was learning to drive a bit ago, and like we we moved house and stuff like that, and then we 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 and the car fell at MOT, and then we didn't have a car. We've not had a car since, so no. Because I live in Bath, it's like are you driving now. You no, no, I, I I can't drive. No, no. Can you Christ all this time you haven't tried? Do you been having tests? No, I I did do for a while, and then like the car fell at MOT, so we fucked the car up. We haven't had a car for eight years, so yeah. Ah. Just because we live in Bath, everything's like what you can walk everywhere. It's good oh, you live in Bath, do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the way. Yeah. yeah, it's not far away. No, it's um, I've been yeah. here for fucking yeah, eighteen years now, something like that. Yeah. Jesus Christ! I'm, I'm gonna, It's all right. I'm gonna shut this shutter on. I can't see a fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, no worries. I see some sunlight. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's all right. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, my missus got a job here a long time ago and we've been here since, but yeah, it's been good. So, yeah. But I suppose we fucking talk about skateboarding a little bit. I mean, how, how are you doing for time? You all right? 
Yeah, 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 cool. Yeah. Cool. Because, I mean, I've I've done a few of these with different people. I did the one before last was with Leo Shop. Yeah. And we oh, were cool. talking about a, a lot of stuff about, you know, like the early MK days and just like, and just like, well, you know, he was like, there was that, there was an exhibition a bit ago about the history of Milton Keynes and stuff like that. And, and just like all those spots that, you know, you skated there and stuff like that. And all, all those, like the double set and, the, you know, the, the beige with the thing and stuff like that. And yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what's your kind of relationship to skateboarding now? You, do, you, do you still do much and still, do you still, are you still as interested as you, as you were? Uh, I still love skateboarding. Of course I do. You know, I, I mean, if it wasn't for skateboarding, I would never have had what I've had today. Skateboarding sort of gave me what I've got. Uh, and I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that. And I'll never forget it. Um, love skateboarding, love watching on the Olympics. Um, as for skateboarding me, uh, I went on the 40s trip with Daint and uh, all the 40s boys to Dubai. Yeah, I saw that a bit ago. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and it was just, I was like, fuck, man. I was, I was super hyped. And so somewhere across, you turn up the skate park there, it's unreal. So you're like, well, of course I am. From four, I was 47 at the time, or 46, whatever it was. And, you know, you've got, your brain still says you can do what you did years ago, but your legs and your body say a different thing. So just trying to get used to that was a, but I enjoyed rolling around. And then I went to this quarter pipe with a gap in the middle and the front to grind over it. And I was leaning, I leaned back too much. Only a bang on my back. An absolute screaming and agony. Cut long story short, that was my, that was day two. Uh, so the rest of the week, I just had to watch everyone skate. I was screwed, my back was killing me. And then I got home and I fractured my spine. Oh, fuck. So I had six, six months off everything, running, whatever, all that kind of stuff. And then COVID kicked in. But I still enjoy a little roll around. I spoke to Dent the other day. Uh, and we, we did some film. We went to Kate's, me, Kate, Dykey, Dent, and we skated Kate's backyard uh, pool. And we got some footage and stuff. And I was like, hey, so I got some footage from Dubai, got some footage from Kate's, and, you know, they were on about doing another P versus D, two. But, you know, just for a laugh, just us. And then, so I said, oh, I'd like, I would like to have one last skate section. But the only thing that scares me is if I hurt myself, because if I hurt myself, that means I can't run and I can't swim and I can't do that. And then my head goes, whoop. So that's what plays on my mind, which does my head in. But I wish it wouldn't, but I can't help it. But at the same time, yeah. I mean, I'd love to have a final section of um, next year. The plan is to, to go f- filming with Dink and the boys and stuff and try and get a section together. Well, that'd be amazing. Yeah, sick. Yeah, so let's, I don't know, just wait and see. And yeah. touch wood. Don't hurt myself. <laughs> I think that's the thing. It's like, because I'm the same. It's like I've, I retired like, you know, I don't know, 12 years ago or whatever. And it's like, you know, for a while I kind of was skating really regularly still and stuff like that. And then it's like, you, you do get to that point. And it's like, it just fucking hurts more, man. It's just, it's mental. And it's like, I, 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 I walk a lot and I go swimming and stuff like that. I mean, nothing to any levels you do or anything like that, but it's it's such a different thing because it's like you you suddenly realize that when you were skating all the time it's like you probably just were going from like being all right there to from one injury to the next one kind of thing in a way it's like it was just kind of part of the thing you know just like 
and you didn't re- it didn't really seem that extreme at the time but when you actually do other kind of areas or when I've done other, other little bits of exercise you kind of you feel like oh this is I'm kind of feeling better the whole time rather than like because sometimes you're skating you'd feel fucked you know uh, yeah but you, I mean if you don't skate much you're not skate fit do you no, and that's no. I mean these you see all these older lads they're just constantly skateboarding so they skate fit I mean I'm I'm obviously swim bike run fit now so when I go skateboarding I'm using stuff that I haven't used for a very long time my body's like what the heck is this so you're fucked and then yeah you know it's just yeah. I think another part of it, the another annoying part of it is, you know that you be, you were able to do a kickflip with your eyes closed and be able to do a 360 flip without even thinking about it. And now that you can't even do it either, which is what I can actually, I kickflip the board in Dan's shop, a 70 skinny board the other week, which was like, whoa. But, um, but knowing you can't do those things, like you still, that sort of annoys me as well. It's like, ah, oh, I just want to be able to do it. I think can. that's yeah, yeah. And I think that's I think that's the thing when you get to that level. I'm not talking about being pro or anything like that, but it's like if you get to that level where you've been skating so much that it just becomes second nature, just to you know, you 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 know, skate park, you know it back to front and yeah. to, to not yeah. have that anymore is yeah, it's tough. It's a tough I one. mean you have to yeah. think these days, like even doing yeah. like a 50-50 grind in a mini ramp, yeah, it's full concentration mode. Yeah. Like you wouldn't you just do it. That's that's that thing just comes second nature. Yeah, yeah, completely. Back in the day. And yeah. then now you've got to really like, well, and then it's, I don't care what anyone says, in the back of your head, there's always that nigga like, Oh, if I fall off and screw myself, yeah. I can't do this then. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing you have when you you don't have that when you're young, you just like, you know, you're there and you're experiencing it i was talking to physio a while ago and she was like say she said to me because she said oh when did you start skateboarding i was like i'm seven or something stupid like that and and she was like so well all your muscles all that time have all developed around that i mean not even you know because like most skateboarders you know i'm probably pretty fucking wonky basically because one thigh gets really worked out one calf muscle gets really worked out and it's not very even other you know and she was saying oh these are like while all these things are uh, tense and, and holding you up it's fine but as soon as they go like because I've had like back problems and shit like that just and it is it's not so much like injuries mainly but like just the all of those things just letting go basically you know that were so worked out for so long you tried yoga I, you know, I did hop or yoga for quite a bit and that that helped a lot yeah, I've done I've done bits of yoga. Yeah, that's been good. But the best thing for me has been swimming, actually, just because it's that thing of you know, there's not, there's it, no strain on your body. There's no strain yeah. on your body. You're getting a, your core's getting a good workout if you're you know when you roll and stuff like that. And obviously, yeah. with skateboarding, you, you, the top off your body didn't really. I mean, you get a little bit of a, a workout with like put you putting your weight and stuff like that. But it's just just having that support, for, especially for my back. The only, the only workout your top off at is when you're fucking at shit. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> cool I, I think we've we're, we're pretty much good i mean uh is that what have you we talked a little bit about stuff coming up but have you have you got things coming coming now you're working on that you want to big up or or give a shout out to or uh no i'm reading really sort of some time just, off yeah yeah just sort of just christmas is coming starting to wind down a bit and get ready for next year January is quite busy for me because it's veganery, so there's a lot of vegan stuff happening. So, yeah, shout out to anyone who's uh, attempted veganery next year. Uh, so, yeah, that's it, reading. I mean, it's all, it's all good. Just um, keep, trying to keep positive and just keep doing what I'm doing, enjoying yeah, cool. it. Nice. 
So yeah, where, where, do you say, when's your missus moving in? Is that soon? Well, yeah, the house, well, house will be finished before Christmas. And then we just got to start filling every, putting everything in there. So I, believe it or not, all I've had, all I've lived in, I've, my kitchen's done, bathroom's done, and I've just been living in my bedroom. Right. Kitchen and bedroom for the last three years. Right. So that's finally getting done. And then she comes over next year. And then uh, we look again, Maddie, then. And uh, fingers crossed, set up a new life together and nice. move forward. You didn't fancy Dublin then? Well, the thing is, because of Brexit, oh yeah, she can come and move over, but she can't move over because she can only do six months in the country. Oh, fuck's sake. So it's just like, so it was because she's in, she'd have to go, she can't stay in the country, she has to go self-employed. She can do her job that she's got now from school, she needs a computer and a phone. She, and the boss said you can do it in Cardiff, which is cool. Yeah. But because she does, if she stays with the boss, she lose all her pension. For everything she's worked for all her life, and she's not, she's not going to be prepared to do that. So she's going to come and move you know, for six months, and then I think we're going to go and buy a house um, because I'm I'm self-employed, so I can just move to Ireland, and I can live in Ireland. So I'm going to buy a cottage next to sea in the south of Ireland, not far from Rosslea. So if I need to come home, I just jump on the ferry. Right. And and the, and the other idea about that is to live in the middle of nowhere, away from everybody, and sort of just have the peace and quiet of not being in a city and just enjoying nature and the wildlife and having a sea on my doorstep so I can wake up in the morning and Wim Hof it as soon as I get up. <laughs> Sounds that's sick. A, that's, the, that's the plan anyway. That's the so that's, that's dream for most people, isn't it? What happens with COVID and Brexit, all that bollocks, and let's just wait and see, but that's, that's, yeah. what's, that's the aim. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> cool all right well i think that's pretty we've done an hour that's amazing thank you very much Brilliant. for your time it's um yeah no worries man Cheers good, for to, that, good to chat to you and good to see you again. and you take it easy I'll yeah you too you man and if you're ever I'm in bath we'll have a pint definitely brilliant no worries cheers mate all right Bye. man cheers bridge Thanks to Matt for being my guest this episode. You can find out more about his work by following the links in this podcast description. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to this by searching for the Skate Creative Podcast. And if you have time, please leave us a review. It helps the podcast grow and be more visible and reach more listeners. You can follow us on Instagram at the Skate Creative Podcast for more information on upcoming guests and episodes. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode and another interesting creative guest. I do hope you'll join me then. If you have been, thanks for listening. <laughs>